and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Love, more deceit, a little sibling rivalry, a lot of drama, and 11 sons for Jacob. Yesterday, Jacob had an encounter with God who reaffirmed his covenant with him, like he did with his father Isaac and his grandfather Abraham. Jacob arrives at Abraham's homeland and meets his cousin Rachel. Yes, they were first cousins, but remember back then the human race was pure. However, Rachel's father, his uncle Laban, his mom's brother, had other plans. All this plays out like a mess. But like we're reminded of Romans 8:28. Quote, and we know that God causes everything to work out for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Three chapters are covered here, so I'll share the important parts and summarize others. But I do encourage you to read Genesis chapters 29 to 31 for yourself. It is an interesting little drama um, that happens here. So, so Genesis 29. Um, then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before the moving, removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, where are you from, my friends? We're from Haran, they answered. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor, he asked. Yes, we do, they replied. Is he doing well, Jacob asked. Yes, he's well, they answered. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now. And Jacob said, look, it's still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back out to pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds Moved a stone from the mouth of the well, and we water all the sheep and goats. Well, Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock. For she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and he wept out loud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her aunt Rebecca. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that his nephew Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jacob had arrived, 
he ran out to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, you really are my own flesh and blood. All right, it's Genesis 29, 1 through 14. Well, so after a month of Jacob's working for Laban, Jacob makes a deal with Laban that he'll work for him for seven years. And at the end of the seven years, he can marry Rachel. Now, Rachel was the younger of two sisters and the prettier one. She's whom Jacob loved. He didn't really care for the older sister, Leah. However, local custom says that the firstborn daughter must marry first. After the seven years during the wedding night, Laban tells Leah to go into the marriage tent instead of Rachel. Yes, Laban deceived Jacob. Some might see this as payback for Jacob, deceiving his brother Esau of his rightful blessing. In any rate, Jacob makes the deal with Laban that he can marry Rachel after the honeymoon week, but he has to work for him for another seven years. Then here come the kids, 11 sons for Jacob. So we're in uh, Genesis 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, the Lord has noticed my, my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon. For she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant the third time and gave birth to another son. He was named Levi, for she said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son, and she named him Judah. For she said, now I will praise the Lord, and she stopped having children. All right, so this is the start of the 12 tribes of Israel. The descendants of Levi will be the priests, and one of Judah's offspring will be Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But now the, the sibling rivalry starts. So we're in 30, for chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister and she pleaded with Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked. He's the one who has kept you from having children. Then Rachel told him, take my maid Bilhah and sleep with her. She will bear children for me and through her, I can have a family too. Shades of Sarai. So Rachel gave her servant Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah became pregnant, presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she, uh, for she said, I have struggled hard with my sister, and I'm winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore, so she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. And soon Zilpah presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, how fortunate I am. Then Zilpah gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, what joy is mine. Now the other woman will celebrate, one of the women will celebrate with me. 
One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought them to his mother, Leah. Rachel begged Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah angrily replied, wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrakes too? Rachel answered, I will let Jacob sleep with you tonight if you give me some of the mandrakes. So that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must come and sleep with me tonight, she said. I have paid for you with some mandrakes that my son found. So that night he slept with Leah and God answered Leah's prayer. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob and she named him Issachar. For she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again and gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. She named him Zebulun, for she said, God has given me a good reward. Now my husband will treat me with respect, for I have given him six sons. And later she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my disgrace, she said, and she named him Joseph. For she said, may the Lord add yet another son to my family. That was Genesis 30, verses 1 through 22. Yes, I can count. It's 11 boys and one girl. The girl Dinah doesn't get her own tribe. Only the boys do. And there's one more son yet to be born. That's Benjamin. Next, Jacob wants to go home and provide for his own family, and he makes a deal with Laban for part of his flock. We're in verse 31. What wages do you want, Laban asked. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing, and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted, along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied. It will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted or had white patches, and all the black sheep. And he placed them in the care of his own sons who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, for that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock. And at mating time, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Trickery again and cheating. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches, but they, he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. 
As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. Okay, Laban catches on and God tells Jacob to go back to the promised land that he'll be with him. So we are now in Genesis 31, starting in verse four. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. And he said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages 10 times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For if he said the speckled animals will be your wages, the whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said the striped animals will be your wages, then the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob. And I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock. For I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth. Okay, well, the sisters were fine with that since women don't inherit any of their father's wealth anyway. So they sneak off back to Canaan without telling Laban, but Laban pursues them. See, Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Laban, right, <laughs> this is, yeah, okay. Laban catches up with Jacob in seven days, but God warns him to leave Jacob alone. Nevertheless, Laban wants his households, his household gods back. Jacob doesn't know what he's talking about, and he tells Laban that he could search for them. Rachel hides them in her camel saddles and sits on it. Laban can't find them. Jacob then tells him that he's worked for him for 20 years, but after a discussion, Laban simply asks, Jacob to treat his daughters well, and Jacob agrees. They make a covenant. The next day, Laban says a proper goodbye to his daughters and grandkids and goes home. <sighs> so where's Jesus here in Genesis? Well, God keeps his promise, and we have the beginnings of a great nation. Deceit continues in the world all the way to the cross, where an innocent man who never sinned was betrayed, tried, tortured, and killed because of envy and pride. Only God can make a masterpiece from a mess. Evil Satan thought he could win by eliminating Christ, but Jesus defeated death. And by believing in him, we do too. Do you believe? If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven that you won't be left behind at the rapture. You have to believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever. Repent of your sins, stop sinning. Do a complete 180 in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized, show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again to a new life in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. And how do you do that? You invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. 
you don't know how what to say or what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And I've got links so you can dig deeper into other stories. Again, soli deo gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.